Taiwan announced 13 local cases on Tuesday, including a pair of preschoolers with an unknown source of infection. The children are sisters who live in Taoyuan's Bada district. They were taken to a doctor after developing COVID symptoms. The city is doubling down on its investigation to determine how they were infected. Other cases reported Tuesday include three in Kaohsiung, two in Tainan, and one in New Taipei. It's early in the morning and disinfection is underway near this preschool in Taoyuan's Bada district. Two students at the preschool were recently diagnosed with COVID. Their source of infection is unclear. These two sisters have a very simple family life. They don't have much recent activity in the community, so we have to more closely investigate the possible sources of infection. Another case with an unknown infection source was a man in his 50s from Taoyuan's Longtan district. He got tested after developing COVID symptoms. Two days later, he developed symptoms and tested positive with a home test kit on January 24th. He then went for a test at a hospital and was diagnosed with the disease with a CT value of 22.4. 18 people have been listed as contacts in the first round of contact tracing. So far, 102 workers at the Far Glory Free Trade Zone in Taoyuan have been diagnosed with COVID. In a second round of testing on Tuesday, no additional cases were added to the cluster. Earlier this month, workers at the Trade Zone's value-added park were put in isolation and operations at the park were suspended. Workers at ASCII Computer Corporation at an Ingracy's Technology are going through a second round of testing. We want all employees to get tested a second time. We're hoping that more testing and more extensive testing, including this round of testing, will help us get back down to zero COVID cases. Three of Tuesday's local infections were in Kaohsiung. All of them were connected to a cluster at the city's port. Officials now believe that the origin of the cluster was an imported case. The first case was an imported COVID case that gave the virus to the first wave of infected locals. What we are seeing now is the contacts of those locals getting diagnosed. That's the second wave of infection. Genetic sequencing results have come out for a student at National Gaoshing University of Science and Technology who was diagnosed last week. It's the same substrain of Omicron as other cases linked back to Gaoshing Port. Authorities are investigating how the student became infected. Meanwhile, nearby Tainan saw its first local cases in seven months. Two people were diagnosed. One was infected at a gathering with friends and family from Kaohsiung. The other case was a woman infected by her granddaughter, who had recently returned from overseas. The 70-year-old grandmother was looking after her 12-year-old granddaughter. There's nothing illegal about that. But it was how the grandmother was infected by the granddaughter. Over in New Taipei, one new case was detected. This was a man in his 50s, a client of an infected real estate agent. It was discovered yesterday that the real estate agent's client had gone with the agent to view a house. This client has also been diagnosed. The infected client lives in Banqiao, New Taipei, and works in Taipei City. He commutes to work by metro and has had recent activity at Taipei Main Station and the Taipei 101 MRT station. A new shipment of Moderna has touched down in Taiwan. Tuesday's delivery contained 1.51 million doses that will be administered after Spring Festival from February 7th to the 13th. In New Taipei, boosters will be available during Spring Festival starting February 2nd 
Every day, 1,000 doses will be administered at mobile vaccination stations. Taizong City will offer boosters starting February 3rd. In Taoyuan and Taipei, shots will be administered for three days starting February 5th. However, in Taipei, all vaccines reserved for that period have already been fully booked. Omicron is spreading and it's driving new interest in pandemic insurance. Hetai Insurance has unveiled a policy that pays 100,000 NT for isolation and another 50,000 NT for a COVID diagnosis. Tokyo Marine Neiwa Insurance has a policy that sold so well, its website was taken down by customer traffic. Online sales are set to resume on Tuesday after a one-day suspension for maintenance. Communicating through a partition, a woman verifies her insurance details with an army of staff. With the epidemic heating up, public fears are fueling demand for pandemic insurance. Tokyo Marine Newa Insurance pays 50,000 NT if a policyholder is ordered to isolate, and another 50,000 NT if the policyholder is diagnosed with COVID. Since this product was introduced on January 14th, more than 200,000 policies have been sold. Buying online was so popular that the company's website crashed, driving customers to physical counters. Our online insurance service was hit by a huge surge of traffic. It exceeded the capacity of our network. It is true that we shut down service for one day. That day, we prepared measures for coping with excess traffic. We will reopen the online service today. Last April or May, in the early days of the outbreak, I bought a pandemic policy. This year, I'm buying additional insurance since I'm always out and about. With the Omicron variant on the prowl, pandemic policies are enjoying a resurgence in popularity. You can already file claims with a traditional medical insurance policy. If you also buy a pandemic policy, one that pays claims on a daily basis, then after you're hospitalized and deduct all your hospital expenses, you might even end up with a profit. To avoid offering the policies at a loss, Hertai Insurance has suspended the sale of its pandemic product. Tokyo Marine Newa Insurance will stop accepting paper applications on Wednesday, but will continue transactions online. It plans to sell a maximum of one million policies. Taiwan's economics minister has announced a price freeze on petrol throughout Spring Festival until at least February 17th. The move comes amid a sharp rise to the price of international crude, which has prompted Japan to subsidize oil wholesalers for the first time. Let's hear from the minister. We will not raise our prices if international prices go up. But if international prices fall, we will lower our prices. That's the principle we'll go by from January 31st to February 13th through Spring Festival. In addition, the economics ministry also negotiated price freezes with about 500 food and drink establishments to curb inflation over the holiday period. The ministry also says it will continue to keep a close watch on the cost of imports. Tenchi is a Mandarin teacher stationed in St. Christopher and Nevis. Through interactive lessons, such as teaching students to use chopsticks, she hopes to foster interest in learning the language. 
Language and culture complement each other, so I include chopsticks lessons in my teaching. After students learn how to use chopsticks, they take the chopsticks home and teach the families how to use them. I have felt that my students get a sense of achievement from that. The teacher stationed in Paraguay shared how he uses social media to connect students from Taiwan and Paraguay for language exchanges. In order to increase the opportunities for my students to use Mandarin, I contacted friends who are interested in learning Spanish and arranged language exchanges between them and students in Paraguay. I set up a group on Facebook to quickly help students who want to practice their language skills find suitable study partners. I used to study Mandarin with a teacher from Taiwan ICDF in Paraguay. Because I like Mandarin very much, I decided to study at the Department of Chinese as a second language of National Taiwan Normal University. After graduation, I want to be a Chinese teacher or a translator and build a bridge between Paraguay and Taiwan. Since 2014, the Taiwan ICDF has recruited and sent professional teachers to teach Mandarin and promote Taiwanese culture. Teachers have gone to Palau, Jordan, Turkey, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, St. Kitts and Nevis, Honduras, Guatemala, Belize, and Paraguay. Due to the pandemic, many in-person classes had to be canceled in those countries. Teachers have begun holding classes online so that students can continue learning right at home. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Zhong Shuhui in Taipei. Vice President Lai Qingde has set off on his first foreign assignment as the president's special envoy. Lai is headed for Honduras to attend the inauguration of Honduras' new president, Xiomara Castro. Before departing, Lai said it was an honor for him to represent Taiwan at the event, which will also be attended by U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. Vice President Lai Qingde is off on his first assignment as special envoy to the president. He's leading a delegation to the inauguration of Honduras's new president, Xiomara Castro. Before departing, Lai said that it was an honor for him to serve his country. To be able to serve my country is my honor and duty. Taiwan and Honduras have supported each other through the years and have weathered threats and temptation together. Even in a pandemic, we are going to Honduras to celebrate the presidential inauguration. This shows how much Taiwan cherishes this friendly alliance. Lai's six-day itinerary includes a stopover in Los Angeles, where Taiwan's representative to Washington, Xiaobi Kim, will join the delegation. The group will arrive in Honduras on January 27th. Lai will meet with the Prime Minister of Belize, another of Taiwan's diplomatic allies in Central America. Then he will convene with Castro for bilateral talks. That same evening, the delegation will attend Castro's inauguration ceremony and banquet, where U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris will also be present. It will be the first time that the VPs of Taiwan and the U.S. will have a chance to interact in person. Taiwan's delegation will leave Honduras on January 28th, flying to San Francisco. They're scheduled to return to Taiwan on January 30th. We will be taking a variety of Taiwan-made COVID resources to gift to Honduras. From the first day of Castro's term, we will take substantive and concrete action to deepen our alliance and show our support for the new administration. During his stopovers in the U.S., Lai is scheduled to speak via phone calls and video conferences with U.S. officials and local Taiwanese business leaders. We want to show the international community that Taiwan has the courage to take on the heavy responsibility of maintaining stability in the region and even in the world. We'll show the international community that Taiwan is a dependable friend. 
President Tsai Ing-wen has tasked the delegation with three missions, deepening cooperation between the two countries and deepening Taiwan's international participation. As Lai embarks on his first mission abroad, his every move will be closely watched. Taiwan's main index tumbled on Tuesday following a wild day on Wall Street. Overnight, the Dow was down by more than 1,000 points before dramatically reversing course to close 99 points higher. But the rally failed to bolster the TIEX, which opened lower and skidded to a bruising loss of nearly 300 points by the end of the session. TSMC closed down 12 NT, or 1.84%. UMC, MediaTek, and Largan also sank during trade. Wednesday is the last trading day before the Spring Festival market holiday. One analyst has this advice for short-term traders. The shares you hold over Spring Festival should not exceed 50% of your portfolio now. Have a look at the stocks you have on hand. If you have large cap stocks that are relatively safe, you can hold on to them. Small cap stocks are on the rebound and I'd recommend cutting back on them or swapping them out. I think that there's still a chance of a recovery in the first quarter, but it'll be in stocks with a low price-to-earnings ratio and a high yield. For now, a stable defense is better than a strong offense. The analyst expects extreme volatility in U.S. markets over Spring Festival. He said that when the TIEX reopens on February 7th, it will be heavily affected by yields on the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury note and activity on TSMC's American depository receipts. Taiwanese shuttler Tai Ziying has made history by becoming the first woman singles player to spend 200 weeks as the world's number one. In the latest Badminton World Federation rankings, Tai led the pack with 3,651 points over her nearest rival, Japan's Akane Yamaguchi. Tai first made world number one in December 2016. Over the past five years, he slipped out for first place four times, but has invariably bounced back to the top. On Tuesday, Dai Ziying unveiled an exclusive face mask gift set on her social media. On that same day, she set a new career milestone, amassing 200 weeks at the top of the women's singles rankings. Last month, Dai won silver at the World Badminton Championships. This new personal best lifted her to 108,800 ranking points, the most ever in the history of women's singles. She's now firmly entrenched as world number one. As of this week, Dai is the only women's singles player in history to spend 200 weeks at the top of the rankings. I'll keep competing and hoping for the support of my fans. Thank you. Dai's first match in 2022 will be at the Yonex German Open, which opens March 8. The week after that, she'll compete at the All England Open, where she'll look to extend her dominance in women's singles. The honey tangerine is a Lunar New Year specialty. The citrus crop has just one harvest a year. For farmers in Taitung, this is their busiest time. But some farmers are being pestered by a tangerine thief this past month. The robberies have caused such a problem that the police have camped out to patrol Tangerine County 24-7. Honey tangerines are rinsed with water to remove calcium carbonate from the sparkling orange skins. 
They're filtered by a machine, then sorted by hand. This is A this is B Farmer Zhang Qiufeng wears a waist belt to help with all the lifting. The season began at the start of January, and she's on the go all day long. With orders coming in from across the country, there's not a moment to spare. Farmers here by the Da'an River in Taichung's Dongshi district also have their hands full. The harvest is a joyful time, but a persistent thief is also bringing them anxiety. The thief cuts down fruit you can eat and fruit you can't. He throws what he doesn't want on the ground and takes the good ones. I have to come and patrol the orchard at night, or they get stolen. This farmer is busy harvesting all day and patrolling the field at night, lest a year's hard work should vanish in an instant. The local police are also concerned about tangerine thievery. Dongshi precinct officers have launched a tangerine protection scheme. An officer is on duty 24-7. They patrol set points around the tangerine farmland, even heading on foot into areas that are inaccessible to car. The devil's in the details. That's why we go right into the orchards. It takes 10 months to grow a honey tangerine and there's just one harvest a year. The precious crop is everything to these farmers, and the police are there to see they get a happy new year. An astonishing roadside scene has taken Taiwan's social media by storm. Photos appearing online seem to show four gigantic pig's blood cakes lying by the road in Ilan. Pig's blood cake is one of the Taiwan's most well-known and traditional savory snacks. But these cakes are a hundred times larger than the norm, and they're lying on a farmer's field at the side of the road. What's going on? FTV went down to the farm to investigate. At first glance, it looks like four giant pig's blood cakes laid out by the side of the road. They're covered in peanut shaving and coriander, just like a pig's blood cake should be. The classic Taiwanese delicacy is even presented with two enormous toothpicks. Photos of the astonishing sight have proliferated online. The cakes are not at a night market stall, but on a farm. Is this a unique farmer stall? Actually, it's a carefully decorated bed for growing vegetables. You wouldn't realize at first. It really looks like a pig's blood cake blown up 100 times. But the peanut shavings are rice bran, while vegetable shoots are the coriander leaves. Water tubes for toothpicks are the finishing touch in the illusion. The owner of the farm has been growing vegetables like this for ages. It's just nobody noticed before. We all grow vegetables with rice husks on top pressing the soil down. It prevents birds from taking the seeds and stops the rain from washing the soil away. The farmer didn't set out deliberately to build a gigantic pig's blood cake. The raised rectangular bed stopped water from pooling, which could cause crops to rot. The rice husks laid on top serve as mulch to protect the seeds as well as compost. The resemblance to Taiwan's beloved carnivorous cake is an amazing coincidence.